Welcome to Rock Your Brain, Rock Your Life, the only podcast hosted by a high-achieving tech leader and certified coach that teaches you how to use proven cognitive tools to rewire your brain so you work 10 to 20% less while crushing your goals. And you'll do this in 180 days. Hi, I'm Sarah. After decades of frantically overworking, never believing I could achieve big goals in my life and feeling constantly anxious, overwhelmed, and burnt out daily at work, I finally figured work out. I learned how to work less while identifying and nailing goals I never thought possible. I learned how to feel calm, confident, and a sense of ease at work. So if you're a high achiever who wants to achieve big goals, but doesn't even think it's possible unless you work a gajillion hours, or doesn't even think big goals are possible in any way, shape, or form, this podcast is for you. I keep it simple. You'll learn the neuroscience-based cognitive tools I and my clients use daily to work less while achieving more than they ever imagined. Quick side note, you'll run the risk of being passionately in love with your career. I am so excited for us to have this time together, Gabby. Thank you so much for jumping onto this podcast and diving in and sharing your story. Okay, everybody, this is my incredible student, Gabby. And she is an artist. She's an incredible athlete. And I'm going to let her introduce herself, but I'm super excited to dive into her journey. She's going to share where she was before she started coaching and her journey and all the incredible results that she's created for herself and her life in seven months. Gabby? Yeah, seven months. About, about seven months. So, all right. I'm going to turn it over to you. Just say a little bit about who you are, what your life's all about, and then we'll dive in. My name's Gabby. I am an artist and I am a big believer in doing what brings you joy, which means that I live a pretty alternative lifestyle. <laughs> when I started coaching, I was living in a sprinter van and traveling all over the United States. But I think my alternative lifestyle, which means that I get to do what I want a lot, also can sometimes in the past be really overwhelming. I've kind of made decisions that have allowed me to have a huge amount of freedom. And while I totally value that, I, last August, when I called Sarah, was finding myself totally paralyzed by like, I've made this decision to be able to do whatever I want, right? I don't have a full-time job. I like have this time to go whatever. And essentially, you know, this is corny, but like follow my dreams. And there are things that I want to do, but I felt so overwhelmed by how to start doing them that I was like totally mired out, totally stuck. And really frustrated with myself because I felt like I had kind of both created and been given this huge privilege in that I just have a ton of freedom. And I felt like I wasn't using it. And it felt so shitty that I could be doing anything and I was so overwhelmed that I was not really doing nothing. But in my brain, I felt like I was doing nothing, literally nothing. Yeah. So I think being overwhelmed by choice and just kind of exhausted by lack of structure and not feeling empowered to take control of my own time. Basically feeling stuck in directionless was where I was at when I was like, okay, I need some help. <laughs> I don't think therapy is the answer. <laughs> and I am looking 
for something new. And then life coaching came along, or I guess I went and found it with Sarah. Wow. I'm so glad you did. And what did you hope, you know, what did you hope to get out of diving into the world of coaching, Gabby? You know, I think that when I dove into the world of coaching, I knew very little about it. So I think I kind of came in a little bit with not that many expectations, but I was just looking for a kickstart kind of like I knew there was things I wanted to do and I needed tools to manage myself to be able to go and do them. Yeah. I was, I was looking for a tool belt. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Like I I love what you just said. And so many of the other women in in our cohort say the same thing. Like, you know, it's just kind of like going to the gym and you get a trainer and you've got a bunch of like, you know, exercises that you need to do to like get yourself super fit physically. Like, and what we do is we use all these tools in our tool belt to get our brain super fit so that we're no longer feeling stuck, right? We're no longer feeling overwhelmed, even though we have the luxury of time and all the things like as you just described in your life. So yeah, so great. So why don't you just let everybody know like what were kind of the top three kind of negative thoughts and feelings that you noticed were like on repeat in that incredible brain of yours? You know, so many of us don't realize that we're all walking around with about 60,000 thoughts going on in our brain every day. And most of them are negative and most of them are on spin cycle. So yeah, just share some of the top kind of frequent flyer thoughts and feelings that you had every day that were creating this feeling of stuck in your body. Yeah, totally. So I think some of, I was, it was interesting. I was looking back through my first ever thought journal download from last September and I was reading through it and it was so funny to look back and be like, oh my God, I was struggling with that then. I totally like forgot that was even a thing. It seems like so long ago. But I think some of the big ones were that there's things I want to do, but I don't have the discipline to get them done or I don't know how to get them done or I can't get them done. Like there's these obstacles that, you know, weren't necessarily really there that I was just imagining. And I think another big one was I was just constantly feeling like I was doing nothing. And that wasn't really totally true, but it was constantly like, I haven't gotten enough stuff done. I'm not using this time valuably enough. I could be doing anything and like, you know, I'm doing whatever. And like, that's not enough. And I think at the end of the day, through a lot of the coaching that we've done, it's clear that a lot of those thoughts come down to just the thought that like I am not enough you know I haven't gotten enough stuff done is essentially the same thing like I have now learned that it doesn't matter at all what I do ever that I'm a sparkly unicorn as soon as I get out of bed <laughs> I don't even have to get out of bed. <laughs> exactly you don't have to exactly you're a hundred percent worthy and flipping amazing right now you don't have to do a damn thing exactly yeah. yes Yeah. Mission accomplished as a coach there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the main things. Because exactly. Just just a quick segue. Super high achiever here. Ivy League, all the things do, 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 do. That's what, that's what happens with, with folks like you, Gabby. It's, it's, and so that's a huge shift for you. So high 10. All right. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) yeah I actually think that that is almost one of the most powerful things to come out of this thought work and I think it's interesting because right I would totally identify as a high achiever and I think in some ways I'm I was attracted to life coaching as like a way 
to almost get more stuff done. You know, it's like, I'm just trying to achieve and I, I want this tool so I can achieve things. And I almost feel like the most useful or the thing that's like closest to my heart that I've been able to connect with is that I can take that like constant going and checking off the boxes and getting that dopamine hit from like being successful. I'm slowly learning to separate myself from that. <laughs> that original motivation has now almost been like flipped on its head through this thought work. And, and I think that's some of the most powerful things is like us learning that like, okay, there's one thing where thought work can help you get goals done, but I almost think thought work is the most powerful when it makes you ask why you have that goal in the first place, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, do you have that goal to prove your worthiness? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or do you have that goal to grow as a human and push past your limiting beliefs that you can't achieve that goal? Yeah. And what we do in thought work, to your point, Gabby, is we don't use goals to prove that we're worthy and amazing and incredible. That's who we are as humans. We use goals to shift belief in ourselves and go off and do incredible things that the world and this planet needs us to do, right? To show up as our most authentic, empowered, confident selves. So that's such a great fact that you've learned that lesson. Yeah. And maybe talk about some of the feelings that were on repeat when you started doing some coaching with me. Yeah, I think negative feelings that had a lot of power over my life were overwhelm and helplessness and just general shame, self-judgment. Yeah. yeah, those are pretty common throughout us humans. Thank you for sharing that. I'd love it if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners just a scenario about how you used the simple self-coaching tool that we use every day to like really start shifting your life. Like, you know, it's a five-step tool that we use. It's called the framework. Everyone uses it every day. It's super simple. It really helps you see your brain. Maybe yeah. Maybe just share an example of like how you've used that in your life. Yeah, totally. So the framework I'm going to share is one that kind of involves shame because I think that shame for me can really kind of create mental spirals where I, if I don't realize what's going on, I become almost like non-functional. <laughs> and so it's really been a powerful tool for me to be able to recognize when I am feeling ashamed. So the super simple example is the fact is dinner. <laughs> my thought is I'm angry at my partner for not making me dinner, but <laughs> this is where shame comes in, but I shouldn't be angry. That's petty of me. I shouldn't feel that way. And then my feeling is that I'm ashamed of feeling this negative emotion that I've been taught by society that I shouldn't feel. And because of that shame, my action is I get stuck in this mental spiral where I'm like, I feel this, but I shouldn't. And because I'm like pushing this emotion out, I'm like, no, no, no. It just lodges itself inside of me. And the result is I can't function to my best. I can't figure out what's going on with me. I'm more angry at my partner than I need to be over something as simple as dinner. And we get in a fight and I'm upset and I'm upset for sometimes days. If I like shame can lodge itself for a long time. And the alternative the thing about shame. Yeah. And the thing about shame too, that so many of us don't realize is shame chemically, when we have that feeling of shame in our body, it chemically shuts us down. Yeah. So it, it kicks off neurochemicals that shut us down. And so that's 
what's so hard about how to deal with shame. And so you got really clear about this circumstance and tell us. Yeah. So my intentional thoughts, now that I have like learned to not all the time, but often be able to recognize when this is happening, would be the fact is always the same dinner thought. I feel that same anger at my partner for not making dinner because he's my partner and I get mad at him sometimes. But my thought is instead, I am learning to hold hard feelings in a place of peace and accept them for what they are. And it is okay to be angry. And this thought, especially the phrase like feelings in a place of peace has been so powerful for me because it's really encouraged me to stop and mentally make myself take a moment to accept this negative emotion that I'm feeling. Because I think I really spent a long time learning to never have negative emotions, to accept it and realize that it's just an emotion. I can feel it. It can vibrate through my body. I can express to my partner that I'm angry and we can move on. And so my feeling would then, you know, I'll feel that anger, but then it'll pass. And I feel empowered to be able to deal with that negative emotion. This anger doesn't have to be something that, you know, ruins my day. It doesn't need to be something that like sits in this black hole inside of me. It's just, I feel it. I'm angry. My partner did something I don't like and I move on. And so my action is I, I'm more functional and I can just express, I can accept and then express my feeling, (laughs) have a conversation about it. And as a result, be a better partner, show up for myself first, which allows me to show up for my partner and be honest about my needs and spend less time kind of like sitting in a dark place that isn't good for me or him. Oh my God, Gabby, that's so beautiful. And that's such a powerful piece of our work is we weren't taught to feel feelings. Yeah. You know, yeah, like the difficult feelings. We're taught to feel like joy and fun and love on like all those things, but like exactly anger, fear, all those things. And so often, as you just described, you know, you found yourself resisting, pushing them away, not wanting to feel. And I love that you now know that it's just, if you just like feelings just vibrate through your body in under two minutes and then they're gone, right? They may come back, but we know they're just going to vibrate again. And then you feel empowered again. Oh my God, that's so great. And so maybe just share with everyone, you know, kind of like the beliefs you have now, here you are X months later, the beliefs and the feelings you predominantly feel now. And then just share some of the amazing results you've created in your life, because I'm just, it's been such an honor just to watch you on this journey. So yeah, tell us, tell us all the things now. Yeah. So I think that the main feeling that I am really excited about being able to feel more and that I think has led to many of the results that I've created through this work has been feeling empowered. I feel a lot more empowered and confident in my ability to show up for myself. And I can talk a little bit more about what that means. I think showing up for yourself is maybe something I didn't know what it was before thought work. But for me, showing up for myself almost makes everything less scary because if I am going to be in a headspace where I am not going to allow myself to be really judgmental of myself, I'm not going to allow myself to sink into that shame, then there just really isn't as much that the world can do to hurt me. I don't know if that's a 
weird way to say it, but it just makes things less scary. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. And I think it makes me more willing to kind of move through discomfort. So some of the thoughts that I really like, I think there's a lot of different thoughts I've practiced in the last seven or eight months. I think some that are working for me really well right now. And that also have like had a lot of power for me over the whole process. One is one of your thoughts, Sarah, that discomfort is the currency of my dreams. And this is just like, it's almost like a, like a single pop hit. It's so catchy and I absolutely love it. And it's easy for my brain to remember. And it's just like kind of a home run of a thought, you know, it applies to everything, right? There's so many things in our lives that are so just, just kind of, oh, I don't quite want to do that. You know, like give us some examples, Gabby. Where you Okay. Here's thought. a super simple one today. Today at 6am, I went on a run with four people I didn't know because I just moved to a new city and I'm making friends, <laughs> you know, <laughs> did I want to get up at 6am and go for a run with four people? I don't know. No, that sounds socially exhausting and stressful. And it was early in the morning, right? It sounds discomfort, but my dream is to have a community in this place that I live <laughs> and I can handle being a little uncomfortable socially to meet new people. And it was totally fun and not that bad. <laughs> Another one, I'm an artist. Being an artist is sometimes terrifying because I create something that represents myself that I put out in the world all the time, you know? And part of the learning process is learning that no one's opinion matters as much as my own, but it's really uncomfortable to have such a big part of me out there in the world because the world has tons of opinions and they are going to tell you them. <laughs> and that's just how it works. Yeah. And it's almost by definition uncomfortable. And I just feel like I'm kind of in a vulnerable position, but... I am not going to get where I want to go if I don't share my art with the world. <laughs> I'm just not, <laughs> you know, and it's not going to be as powerful. Like what's the point of creating something you're connected to if you can't share it with anybody and being able to be like, okay, this is scary. I don't really like this, but I know I need to do it. And because I can show up for myself, I'm not going to allow myself to sink into a pit of shame. If so-and-so doesn't like what I painted, you know? Yes. Um, and you're not gonna make it mean anything if Susie Q says she doesn't like your art you're like well that's okay guess what yeah. I yeah. love my art yeah it's all good yeah um so good and so that has been a really powerful one and then the other thought that I wanted to share that I totally love and this has been kind of a more recent one for me but has been what can I do today to make myself proud and that's part of part, partially because right like I'm self-employed I can literally do whatever I want every day, you know? And part of that is like, oh, well, that sounds amazing. You know, it sounds amazing until you do it every day. And then you're like, oh my God, <laughs> how do I structure my time and manage my life? This is so overwhelming. I wish someone would tell me what to do. <laughs> um, and that thought, what can I do to make myself proud for whatever reason makes it so much easier for me to look at my to-do list and be like, oh, those nine things are all things I feel like I should do. And that is what I want to do. And I can just go do it, you know? And it doesn't mean that the stuff on my list that should maybe get done eventually doesn't ever happen. It just means that it's not a priority, that I do the thing that's going to make me proud first. And maybe I spend all day doing it. Maybe I spend four hours doing it and then I do something else. But it happens and it allows me to live by my priorities, which I feel like is really the point. I just want to I want to be empowered to do the things that I feel the most joy doing and am drawn to. And it seems so simple, but there's so many like societal things that stand in our ways in our brain. So I think that that thought has been really powerful for me. So great. 
And yeah. talk about feelings. Yeah. Feelings do you feel now? Yeah, well, I think I have, I'm working on this, but I've been able to feel proud of myself in some ways, almost for things that I haven't totally accomplished yet. <laughs> but I think great. that's a great tool that you teach, Sarah, is that if we want to do things to feel a certain way, like proud, there's no reason that we can't feel those feelings right away. And I actually think that if we create those feelings, that is going to make us so much more willing to pursue whatever goal. And so, yeah, I've been working on feeling proud about accomplishments that haven't been accomplished yet, but that's okay. I believe they're going to happen. Yes. And I think empowered, like I was saying before, but I think another part of feeling empowered and like confident in my ability is to show up for myself is being able to like show love for myself. Like showing up for yourself is in some way just being kind. It's being, you know, like when you're kind to other people, you don't judge what they're doing, right? Like, it's really the same thing. It's like when you're kind to yourself, I'm not wasting my energy by like judging things I should have done differently. You know, like showing up for myself for me, I think in many ways is being willing to be like kind to myself and that is so powerful like it just it it allows you to be so much more <laughs> empowered and confident and kind of able to just stay in your own swim lane a little bit yeah. not be a flag flying in the wind of you know the whims of people around you yeah yeah that's so awesome so do you want to maybe talk a little bit share a little bit about like some of the you know, we're all about results. Our, th- our thinking and our beliefs will always create the results we do or don't have in our life yeah. or for ourselves and our relationships and uh, other external things. Did you want to maybe share with everyone some of the results that you've seen that you have in your life now that you didn't have? Yeah. So some of the, like kind of the external results, a really easy one is this year we in the Rockstar program did an unthinkable goal and in the past, I really, I don't have a ton of experience with goal setting. I don't think like I, it hasn't ever really been that big of a part of my life with the exception of maybe like athletics when I was a kid. And I certainly have never had a financial goal. And this year I made a goal to make $35,000 in my art business, which my art business is very new. So the idea of selling that many paintings felt like <laughs> absurd to me. <laughs> yes. That's what or, we want. We want throw up an absurd. Yeah. Like, or oh my just, God, what have I signed up for? Yeah. And I think, you know, it's halfway through the year, but I think just like the process of going through making that goal and have it be something that's in the back of my head and that's written on a piece of paper in my house and it's just around all the time. I think it's just a constant reminder of just that we like create our own boundaries and that you know, $35,000 might feel big to me right now, but is literally a drop in the bucket for someone else. (laughs) And it's just all relative. And the only person who decides if that's like an absurd amount or not is me. And so, you know, like I'm not super financially motivated, but I think that that goal stands for more than just the income. I think that income is representative of, you know, believing in myself to create things yes. that connect with other people. And so, yeah, that's big. That's, having that that's goal. huge. Also like having that goal has allowed me to make sub goals underneath it. And it's just allowed me to like really kind of hone in on some direction with where I'm going. And as I was kind of explaining in the beginning, I used to feel really overwhelmed by too many choices. And that has 
really helped me like hone in on like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I believe in it because of this. And these are the ways I'm going to get there. Yeah. And, and humans, Gabby, like we all are, like we all have long-term deep desires to kind of show up and, and kind of do something great in the world. And so by you having that one sentence of a goal, that kind of taps in to that deepest desires you have as a human and gives you focus forward. And also too, I remember when we coached, I'm like, you know, getting everything in the calendar and on all the other work that you've had to do in your life to kind of keep, keep that intention and that goal aligned with yourself, right? So you've had yeah. to do a bunch of other coaching on your brain to kind of keep, keep your brain going in that direction, which has been so great to watch. Yeah. See, so that's a big one. And another external kind of result for me has been that a huge part of my lifestyle is skiing and climbing. And I spend a humongous amount of time outside. Sometimes it seems like it's my job. <laughs> so far, no one really pays me to do it. But anyway, so being able to run and like move quickly is really, really important to me. And I had an injury a couple of years ago that kind of stopped me from really being able to run. I could run a little bit, but not that much. And for a couple of years, I kind of, I had this physical therapy routine that I was told would make a difference and I did it, but I never really fully committed to it. Like I would do it for a couple months and I'd be like, eh, I feel vaguely better. This is like too much work. I'm not going to do it. I don't care that I can't run. It's fine. And halfway through the, the process of kind of beginning this thought work, I don't even remember when I committed to it, but basically I committed to the idea that A, I had the discipline to do the physical therapy for long enough to get better and B, believing that it was going to work. Um, yes. <laughs> and I saw huge results with that. Honestly, I've been super impressed and proud of myself with, I've done the exact same physical therapy routine, which takes like 20 minutes every single day since January 1st, which is just like a long, a long time to do the exact same thing every morning. And it's totally worked and I can totally run. I went on a run this morning. With your new friends. With my new friends. And I feel, <laughs> yeah, I feel stronger than I have. I just, I feel like full body strong. And this injury has just kind of been tagging at me for a couple of years. And yeah, like being outside and running or biking or skiing or climbing is something that I do every single day. And having this kind of change has really kind of almost brought a new like invigoration into that practice. Like, I am now enjoying running more than I have in years. So I'm like, oh my God, I can run again. <laughs> and it's just kind of like brought a lot of light and, and I don't mind or dread doing the physical therapy. I like almost look forward to it because when I, when I do it, I think about like feeling really strong and being able to run far and go places I want to go. And that feeling excites me and I feel proud and it's just easy to do. It's not like this, oh my God, I have to do this again. Right. So it's like this result that you've created from your beliefs kind of ties back to, you know, your core values of who you are, exercise, being outside, all the things. And that's one of the things that I love that you and the other rock stars have shared is that our cohort, like we show up for ourselves. We learn how to show up for ourselves yeah. every day, right? We learn how to show up for each other every day and do things like what you did in January of like, I could do this every day. I can heal my body because, you know, 
I, I can believe, and you have, you've done that, which is so beautiful that you learned how to show up for yourself consistently because we have this incredible cohort and we meet every Monday and all the things. So yeah, that's so great. Is there anything else you want to share in terms of like results? Well, yeah, I guess one other thing that I wanted to mention, just coming back to, I think in the last 30 minutes, I've talked a reasonable bit about shame and it's kind of role in my life. And I just kind of wanted to come back and really like one of the biggest results that I have gotten from this newfound kind of awareness of when I'm judging myself and creating shame is really an ability to like be a better partner and be a better version of myself in my relationships. I think when I'm kind to myself, it makes me the best version of who I am for others. And that feels really good. Yeah. And I think it's a really oh. important result. Yeah, totally kind and loving to yourself, kind and loving to others, showing up for yourself, showing up for others. It's so beautiful, Gabby. Awesome. Okay. What's it like being in the Rockstar program and coaching with me and our badass cohort? Okay. Yeah. The Rockstar program, I think <laughs> it feels supportive. You know, like I would say that for me, I am consistently, I feel a lot of like kinship and connection with the other women in the program. And I think a big part of that is that when people bring up things they want coaching on, I think we deal with a lot of very similar things, you know, and like, we might be demographically similar. Perhaps we're all like women from 25 to 35 who like are high achieving and want to go places. But like, you know, this is like Allie who works for Microsoft and lives on the East coast and like we live very different lifestyles, especially when I was living in my van too, you know, it's like, and it kind of seems like I have nothing in common with these women, but in reality, I hugely do. And it is really just kind of like, I don't want to say a kick in the pants, but like, it feels so much less like alone when I'm, I have this group of women to like really kind of share with and hear what, what they're working through and what's working for them, you know? And I think the other thing is like, if someone else is like dealing with something that I can relate to and they make a breakthrough and are sharing that with me, like that's so inspiring because I think, I think it would be a very different experience doing this on my own. Yeah. Yeah. I think the amount of learning that happens from others is pretty invaluable. Yeah. yeah. We're all, we're all trying to figure this thing out called life than the 50 50 of it and manage this incredible brain of ours. And we've got a human brain. And so we're always going to have to manage our thoughts. If we want to like create a life that aligns with our core values back to what you're doing right now, Gabby, and you've done. Yeah. And yes, it's, it's beautiful watching our cohort grow and shift belief and learn from each other and just keep going and, doing yeah. all of our group exercises and Zoom breakouts and all the things. I think the Rockstar okay. program is awesome. And I think if anyone listening to this is considering it, <laughs> I mean, there's just literally no reason to not do it. <laughs> you know, regardless of where you are in your life or what you're feeling, I think that it's a really powerful tool for literally everybody. And I can't imagine a better way to learn it than in an awesome group of women who you can really relate to. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Buddy. Exactly. With our superhero tool belt of cognitive tools. Woohoo! Yeah. Woohoo! 
It is such an honor, I'm gonna try and not cry, to be your coach, to be on this journey of life with you. And yeah. thank you so much for sharing your experience, how you've grown. I'm just so, I'm proud just to be a part of your life and watch you on this journey. And you're doing all the work too. That's what I love is you just roll up your sleeves. You're like, I'm gonna put my brain to work. I'm gonna shift belief. I'm going to create all these results in my life and look at what you've done. Yeah. Thank you so much. I love you so much. And I will see you later on this week. Okay. I love you too. Thanks for great chat. Okay. Bye. If you're loving what you're learning in this podcast, you have to come and check out the Rockstar program. It's my coaching program where we take these neuroscience-based cognitive tools and we use them daily to break through burnout so you can fall passionately in love with your career. So join me over at sarahmoody.com. I would love to have you join me. You can also follow me at Sarah L. Moody on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I can't wait to see you.